Hello, Calvary. Welcome to This Is Calvary, a place to find encouragement, camaraderie, and practical steps for spiritual engagement during this fellowship desert. I hope you find yourself in good spirits this second week of Advent. I have a question for you. Do you remember what July felt like? (laughs) Golly, it seems like another world ago. But do you remember what you did on July 4th when the surrounding area sounded like a war zone and the hum of the air conditioner was commonplace in the background and we all went to splash in our own miniature backyard puddles just for fun? I remember this day, especially July 4th, crystal clear, because it was equal parts long-awaited and suddenly life-altering. I woke up really early in the morning because I was on the clock. I was told I had to be in labor in a few hours in order to stick to the plan of a home birth that I had envisioned and wanted. And I was six days overdue, so starting this shindig sounded pretty pleasant to me. But I really wanted my body to agree. (laughs) This Saturday, though, I seemed to not be in a hurry because there were no signs of labor and my countdown was dwindling before I needed to go to the hospital to start more aggressive measures. So I began July 4th with a larger-than-life milkshake before 6 a.m. This was not a regular milkshake, but a castor oil-saturated one. If you are a woman and you've had to try castor oil to induce labor, I just want to picture your knowing expression as I proceed with the story. Now, my biggest offense against the strong, gagging aftertaste of this oil was my favorite ice cream, black raspberry chocolate chip graters ice cream. Now, this was a risky move. It was a desperate time, calling for desperate measures. I was putting it all on the line, possibly ruining my favorite heavenly taste and consistency of black raspberry chip by combining it with four ounces of castor oil. Now, this thick purple ice cream has mammoth chocolate chips that you excavate from every bite. And just a side note, this particular pint was provided for by the Smith family. Shout out and thank you. But to my fellow graders connoisseurs, I recently discovered that it's also sold at Pete's Market. And my life is never the same. And no, this is not an ad. You're welcome. But in order to rightfully counteract this taste, it is and also not make it just taste like purple oil, my mom, who had come to help with this impending birth, kept adding ice cream so that by the time she had satisfied this invisible ratio, she mixed it to a tolerable consistency. She placed it in front of me, and it was a huge glass, the largest milkshake I have ever attempted to eat in one sitting. I don't know if you also recall, but this is when the musical Hamilton had sprung forth from the vault and took its place of greatness for public consumption. And so the story would be incomplete if I didn't give you the mental image of me chugging my castor oil black raspberry chocolate chip larger than life shake while singing with Aaron Burr and Lafayette that I was not going to throw away my shot. But I'm sure you can see this coming. The spirit was willing, the body was weak, and my stomach ditched this plan not even halfway through the aforementioned massive milkshake. So my net intake of castor oil was low, the ticking labor clock was lower, and lower still was the morale. This moment of breakdown was actually only three hours away from baby. 
from what I now know, can be described as a precipitous labor. Somehow, little baby Indigo River kicked into gear and my body did the entire work of labor in two hours and 45 minutes in my living room. This may sound like a best case scenario, and I suppose it is for a succinct recap that I'm striving to do here, but what I'm not telling you is the dark mental space that was housed in these two and a half-ish hours. It's even hard to pause and think about how to say it, how to describe it. Women who've been here, maybe you know. Those of you who haven't, maybe you know too in your own way, in your own storyline, in your own skin, in your own situation. It's the feeling you get when you mentally assess your energy level and realize with dooming clarity that the equation does not balance with the demand of your energy. It's when you realize that the finish line is invisible and your enthusiasm is almost used up. Your options are few. It's what you feel like when you enter a tunnel and you aren't sure if there's a way out. It's when you look around you and no matter how many loving people are offering you ice chips or rubbing your back, you realize that they can't do this work for you. And it's when you let your mind go somewhere that it may not have gone before, wondering, am I going to die today? Now, I need to put a disclaimer here because I know that some of those listening have had a real honest medical scare during labor or otherwise that would make this question more than a rhetorical one. When I ask it here, it's not meant to dramatize my experience or trivialize your own. I'm using it as a location that many arrive at. No matter if you're a woman or a man or a parent or not, it describes accurately the inner world of a woman in labor but also those of others' experiences. Sometimes they arrive here too. But today we're getting in the mind of a woman in labor whose love and care and co-creation has cost her dearly. In different variations to different degrees of literality. Is that a word? I'm making it one. You may have been there too, a place that feels akin to death. In reflecting about this, I keep oscillating between two ditches, we'll call them. Thank you, Gerald. Truth-telling and tactfulness. Birth is messy, it's primal, and it's stunning at the end. I wonder if the biblical writers felt this tension in describing Jesus' birth. But we know which side they cited on as we read all um, 43 words of Mary's birth story. In Luke 2, verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I would pay money to hear her side of it. And yet, with this lack of detail, it gives us a wide open space for some sanctified imagination. In a song written by Andrew Peterson and sung by Joe Phillips, he says, threading this line of tactfulness and truthfulness perfectly. I quote, It was not a silent night. There was blood on the ground. As I think back to my own two experiences of giving birth, that line sounds rather poetic for the pain it carried. And now I know that whatever fraction of castor oil that I did consume helped started a labor that outpaced the body's natural painkillers. Sometimes trying to describe a moment in pain feels futile, whether it's literal body-housed pain or emotional intangible hurts. 
The musical Les Mis has a line, there's a grief that can't be spoken. The words chaos and intensity don't seem to encompass the depth of pain here. The knowing that things are not set right and the ripples that that causes before and after the event. And in a moment of exhaustion, almost as fast as it came, the invisible finish line is crossed. So quickly sometimes, one does not know what happened. Two moments are smushed right next to each other that are so different, I can still feel the shock of distinguished palpability. The moment of chaotic anguish, the next fullness and wholeness. Talk to women who've lived this. It's mind-blowing to watch, let alone live. A hugely intense moment can give way to stillness. And your body is broken, but your spirit is brimming. This moment happened to me in a birth tub in my living room with my eyes shut. My daughter was handed to me and my husband Lucas held little Indigo River's head and my head above the water because I realized really quickly that the strength in my arms had been deployed at some point and were long gone. My body was broken, but my spirit was brimming. Jesus himself lived this in this micro moment we're talking about next to the donkey, providing peace to Mary as a relief from labor, but more so baby boy God putting himself in the midst of the chaos and grime of birth, not considering tactfulness over truth-telling or considering himself too dignified for the messy. The spirit teaming up with Mary as co-weaver of the body that Jesus would don for all eternity, the body that would also be broken to make way for peace. Mary was the first one to hear the whisper of a peace to come as her own life modeled the reality and the rhythm that had been built into creation. Mary, full of grace, the Lord your God is with thee. Blessed are you to bless all the world. Mary, peace is yours. The Spirit is upon you. You will be with child. Do not fear. Mother of was the first acceptor of this great invitation to be united to Jesus in the most literal of ways, weaved into his storyline, seeing how he in himself houses humanity's peace with God. Mary serves as a forerunner for us all to come and die to ourselves, accepting the mystery of a sympathetic God who is present with us in the moments that we can't put words to. Even the moments that we can't sugar up with our favorite ice cream.
30-something Jesus uses this metaphor of birth. He's a master of word pictures. And he tells his disciples in his parting words to his friends, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. And that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. He ends this comforting address to his disciples with these words. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God, what a strange peace to receive. It must have been for Mary, watching your tiny little hand around hers. A deliverer willing to be delivered, partnering with her to make this world new. You came to still our inner chaos and reconcile all things to yourself. Finally, a human that merges God's space and our space, that makes sense of our pain. Our life is disjointed and untethered. Come set all right in our hearts, in our lives, and in our worlds, for you have overcome it. Please be our peace. God, hear your people calling. All cry out for peace. Can you hear? In our despair, we doubt in your return. Messiah will.